Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a new edition of the Sea Report coming to you live on this Monday, June 27, 2021, or sorry, June 28th, 2021. I'm going to have to go and adjust that real quick. Boy, am I really a day behind here? What are we talking about? Well, it was definitely one of those weekends, ladies and gentlemen, and I just want to thank you all for joining us. We had a pretty good weekend this weekend, I'd say. I know I, I did. I did. You know, you know, it was a really good weekend, come to think about it. We had, um, well, well, I mean, first of all, we had uh, President Trump giving his first rally uh, post, uh, was it uh, inauguration, fake inauguration, uh, that was coming to us live out of Wellington, Ohio. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good rally, I'd say so. We had a really fun time here at the Sea Report. Uh, we were hanging out with all of our repeat offenders and all of our family uh, from around the world at the Foxhole app, as well as some on Twitch too. Uh, it was a pretty good time. Um, we won't obviously be recapping the rally here on the Sea Report because we watched it live on Saturday. Um, but uh, it, good numbers, guys, good numbers. I know uh, from watching the chat and stuff like that, uh, there were those who were concerned. Oh, man, it doesn't seem like there are that many people there. Uh, is there nobody in Ohio? I guess is kind of the question that some people were wondering. But no, indeed, uh, there was uh, quite a, an overflow from what I understand now. In addition to the audience that President Trump had uh, there with him, I guess, in his direct vicinity. And, you know, when those cameras panned away, you could really tell the numbers. Uh, they were pretty big indeed. Uh, but then from what I understand, there was also an overflow of some 2,000 plus patriots that uh, could not either get close enough or onto the grounds to see and be part of the festivities. Of course, they were airing it throughout the entire day. Um, I, the doors opened at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, Trump time. And, uh, you know, they had a whole bunch of things going out there. We got to see some speakers, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Jim Jordan, etc., and uh, it was an overall very good evening, I would say. If people aren't on high alert in the deep state from such a, t such a time, I don't know when they would be. Um, of course, uh, it, was, it was a pretty good event. And uh, I'm glad that everyone got to join us out there who was... Uh, who is watching on the Foxhole app and beyond. Now, admittedly, towards the end of the uh, the, pr the presentation, uh, it seems like uh, everything was on strike, you know, because uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, broadcasters that we were catching the live feed from, they were having issues, you know, uh, with the broadcast. Uh, but towards the end of it, everything kind of broke down. Uh, he was really getting into the Arizona stuff, the audit stuff, and all that information there at the end. So that was uh, that was uh, pretty intense. We'll probably have a go back and look over that at some point. Uh, let's see. And we got some peeps coming into the chat room now how's it going just v good to see you there this evening hope you're doing well and uh anyone else who is there now okay so uh uh well and well said um there's a lot of statements coming out from president trump uh but of course i think uh everyone was just pretty revelatory uh with what was going on and i mean revel as an r-e-v-e-l we were all reveling <laughs> It wasn't a revelatory type of time. Um, we all pretty much knew what the boss was going to say. Um, and then, of course, uh, he was speaking uh, against the rhinos and the fake Republicans, as well as endorsing those um, that 
will be America first MAGA candidate. So uh, that's about all we're going to do for that, that Trump chat recap. Uh, but now we do have, did I say Trump chat recap? I meant uh, the, uh, the Trump rally recap. But now we have our chat recap from last week. So let's go ahead and pull that guys up so we can start to see what is going on. Where are we at? So we can go and get into today's show. And today, today we'll be catching up with some of the audit news. Of course, we know that uh, the Arizona audit, as far as the count goes, is wrapping up. Um, and uh, so, well, actually, I should say it is a wrap. That is a wrap as far as the audit ballot count goes. But we'll uh, take a look at what else is coming up for that. So last week on Friday, we had uh, looking up in the house, we had a tombstone in the house. Always in Texas, Faith of Q. Uh, looking up says, I've been eating bear claw ice cream, chocolate ice cream, which is a chocolate covered ice cream, chocolate covered cashews, and caramel ribbons. Mmm, that sounds delicious. Uh, and uh, Faith of Q, I love bear claws. I love bear claws myself. Mmm, bear claws. Like, <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite pastries to eat, actually. Uh, Joy for Trump says, Hey, Mr. C, uh, glad to have you back. I'm late too, but in my defense, I'm at work. Joy for Trump, yes, it's always a joy to have you in the chat room. Never do you have to worry about running late uh, whenever you come and visit over at the C Report. The pilled by the rabbit was in the house gifting a cookie. Hi, everyone, at Zion National Park today, but I thought you might like a cookie off to dinner. Oh, it was pretty cool. I think I missed that part there about you being off at the Zion National Park. Hope it was a good visit. Just be in the house. Hey, Mr. C, I guess I'm fashionably late as usual. You were not fashionably late today, Mrs. Just V. You were right on time. Uh, always in Texas, pilled by the rabbit. Mr. C is also. Oh, <laughs> uh, y'all guys are just uh, saying nice things there. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Joy for the Trump gifting a can. Thank you so much. Posse for Hope in the house. Nick Walls in the house. Carrie Lake was in the house. Carrie Lake, you know, your um, name has been coming up so much lately, Carrie Lake, but it might have something to do with that uh, previous newscaster over there in Arizona. Um, I'll never forget whenever we were playing her uh, her gubernatorial uh, campaign ad. I was like, hey, that's Carrie Lake. I was like, that's so cool. Anyways, I don't know. I don't, you tell me if that's going to get annoying after a while, Carrie Lake, because everyone's going to be like, Carrie, you're running for governor of uh, Arizona. That's awesome, Carrie. Good for you. No, but uh, it's always good to have you in the house. Uh, let's see. Uh, looking up says, I am not going to get involved in the UFO fear porn. It's just a distraction from election and other matters. Uh, Carrie Lake says, but, but, but. UFOs are so much more funner. Such a wonderful distraction. Followed by Nick Walls, Carrie Lake, uh, right? UFOs are so much fun, LOL. <laughs> and always in Texas. Um, let's see. I'll pay attention to the UFO stuff if it ever actually affects my daily life. Um, and we'll close that off. With, wait, we, we're not. We apparently had a very big discussion about UFOs. Actually, it wasn't such a huge discussion. I think I just kind of went off for a minute when we were talking about the UFOs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I really don't have anything against the UFOs, but when you have, uh, you know, broadcasters, I think I've said this before, like, you know, Fox News is supposed to be the news. Uh, so CNN is supposed to be the news um, for, you know, those people. Instead of reporting the news, they're talking about ice cream and UFOs, you know, like, I mean, come on, really? 
<laughs> so yeah, you know, well, you know, maybe we'll talk about UFOs tomorrow, uh, just in case uh, any of y'all, just so y'all know, I, I know I've been announcing it since uh, last week or so. Um, I will be doing a 3 p.m. show tomorrow. So it's 3 p.m. Texas time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, 1 p.m. Um, California time. Uh, so uh, I can uh, join um, Loyal to the Foil over on her show tomorrow. So uh, if all goes as planned, I should be joining, and everything is going as planned as far as I know, uh, I should be joining Loyal to the Foil. That's going to be a fun time. So maybe we can do some uh, um, alien uh, discussions and UFO discussions over on Loyal's channel. Um, I never shy away from the discussions. It's just that's not the focus of the Sea Report. And uh, who knows? I mean, to be honest with you all, I already gave my big UFO disclosure information over to the Chatternuts because <laughs> they were having a UFO or an alien week or two weeks. It seems like I didn't get to catch their show this last weekend. I uh, haven't seen the replay yet. But um, yeah, the big whoop there was uh, that I've never seen a UFO. So um Sorry, guys. What can I say? I guess I guess I'm not one of the chosen uh, individuals that gets to see those things. But who knows? Maybe someday I will. Maybe someday I will. But anyway, so always in Texas says I'll pay attention to the UFO stuff if it ever actually affects my daily life. Oh, did I already say that? Yeah. And then just be says exactly at always if they've already been here and haven't tried to do us harm. So what? And uh, Carrie Lake says, disclosure at least gives more folks a chance to gain understanding. And understanding equals no fear. You know, that is very true, Carrie Lake. Uh, I like all this discussion. You know, I'm glad that you guys are uh, open to having that discussion and not like, you know, I, I'm just glad I'm not being crucified for, you know, pooping all over E.T. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I just say. Um, if, if the aliens aren't going to say hello, or if they're not going to release the, uh, release the, uh, technology, uh, it doesn't have much of a bearing on my life because I already believe that we're not alone in the universe. It'd be cool to have, you know, that, that validation, that verification of having, uh, whatever that UFO or alien entity might look like, whether it's a human or a gray or an Arcturian, you know, or, uh, or, or, um, I don't know what else they, a Pleiadian, whether it's a, a 10 foot tall, you know, pale skinned giant, or it's, a, you know, I don't know, something that looks more like it might have come out of the sewer. It doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me unless, uh, unless they're actually here. But um, I don't know. Uh, like I said, tune in to uh, Loyal to the Foil tomorrow and join uh, she and I as we have a little combo. She said, we're going to have a combo. We're going to play some games. It should be a fun time. I think it will be a very fun time. I have no doubt. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, uh, just to, you know, kind of uh, kind of uh, join someone else in their comfy bunker uh, here. That's not without a nod to TikTok, because TikTok did have me on as a guest uh, back in the day when, when I first got on. But uh, that'll be a good time. So, yeah, um, like I was saying, uh, well, like, like Carrie Lake was saying, the understanding equals no fear. So I get that and I totally follow that. Now, here's something that else I was thinking in that regard. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back down to earth. Sorry, guys. Uh, when it comes to the level of people, and my collar looks kind of funny. When it comes to the level of people that um, are now awake and uh, have uh, 
an understanding of what's going on in our government uh, that has some sort of understanding about what's going on in the world. You know, geopolitically speaking, uh, we're not so blind to the way things are run by the dictators, the kings, the queens, uh, the fake presidents and prime ministers of the world. Um, we're not so blind to the way that our government is running it for us. Uh, you know, we have an understanding of things like the Federal Reserve Central Bank. Uh, we have an understanding of what's going on with our elections and how all that works. And I think we even more so now have a bigger understanding of like the micro, not the macro, the micro of how our election systems work and uh, the type of uh, uh, involvement that that takes on our part. We have an understanding of, of the way of the reason why, uh, you know, there's uh, needless violence, especially now. And I'm not talking about just random acts of violence. I'm talking about the pre-planned stuff. I'm talking about, you know, the race baiting. I'm talking about the seeds of hate that are sown by these uh, Marxist communist type people, you know, uh, and the division that they sow. Um, we have an understanding and this is getting a little bit deeper into the planet Earth. We have an understanding of uh, what's going on with the entertainment industry and how that ties into our elected officials or the globalists or whomever might be that's controlling them. Uh, we have an understanding and a knowledge, a working knowledge of like the human trafficking issue, the drug trafficking issue. So what I'm getting at here in regards to Carrie Lake's comment about understanding equals no fear, can you imagine how useful each of us will be whenever the time comes that everyone has to wake up. You remember how we talk about whenever uh, they're going to arrest everybody or, you know, there's going to be tribunals and uh, all of the liberals and all of the people who are not even the liberals, just the people who are asleep, who never pay attention to this stuff uh, or who are apathetic and don't care when all of this stuff hits the fan can you imagine how much fear, panic, and, and chaos will ensue in the mass? And that's the reason why I really believe a lot of the things that they were doing, uh, they couldn't, they wanted to do, they could not do, because there was not enough people out there who were awake or who were aware or who were even, 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 you know, even coming up from a snore, you know, to where they could make these moves and people wouldn't just freak out and the whole world would go into chaos. Um, but with people like us who have this understanding, we can impart that understanding to them. And in so doing, we can calm those fears. And that, to me, I always figured as a blessing, uh, just the fact that we can speak to it. They can come to us with their questions when they're like, but what did Hillary do? Or I don't understand. You mean Daddy Bush was a pedophile? Like, you know, stuff like that, you know, or or Beyonce did what to children? You know, like at least <laughs> at least we can explain to them um, and give them some of that understanding. So I definitely am all for that knowledge is power. And, and of course, that negates the fear when we know what's going on. So um, to that end, I would most definitely say, Carrie Lake, I agree with you, but I'm not afraid of aliens. The only aliens I'm afraid of are the illegal ones that will come in here and rape me in the night. That's the only aliens that I'm afraid of right now. Thank you very much. And actually, I'm not even afraid of them. So, oh, goodness. All right. Where are we going on this Monday? Is this Monday? It feels like it's Friday. Okay. So let's get back into the chat. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, was, 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Big Ant 68 was in the house. The Texan was in the house. Just be gifted a can. Uh, great rat, Mr. C. Apparently, I should rat more often. Uh, just be um, the central bank sure does need to be beaten. You know, and I'm just so glad that there are people who have that understanding. You know what I mean? I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that people have that understanding. Because let me tell you what, back in 2005, I felt like I was alone. And then Ron Paul came along, or I shouldn't say Ron Paul came along. I came along to Ron Paul. And uh, that was just like, like, wow, there's someone else out here that knows this stuff. So yeah, most definitely. Joy for Trump says, where does President Trump drop his posts? Okay, Joy for Trump. Let me tell you what, Joy for Trump. I was on the out and outs with this for a minute um, because obviously Trump leads here at the C report and uh, his, when his statements are coming through, I was like, excellent. Then there are some days that his statements wouldn't come through, but everyone was talking about his statements. I was like, what the heck? Um, and uh, then they made his news desk and then 28 days later, they shut it down. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. I was like, dang it, Mr. President. I was like, do you know how hard it is to procure these statements on a daily basis? Because uh, it, it would take a lot of digging sometimes. Like, I would have to do a lot of digging. It would easily add an hour to my uh, preparation time. And, um, okay, I'll give you guys the big secret. Now, you can go to DonaldJTrump.com, of course, and click on his news. Uh, I think it's called news. And there, obviously, um, if his statements are up to date, you will find these statements. I promise you. I promise you. Um, but they're not always up to date. Sometimes he's behind by at least about a week. <laughs> so, um, um, I, you know, if you can find a Twitter account that does that stuff regularly, I would. Now, here's the other thing. Like, on his on his website, it says, if you join the mailing list, that you'll get these statements, you know, and then they're like, join the pack mailing list. I'm like, well, where's the pack mailing list? I eventually found something. I think it was uh, come to find out it's just his website. I never got a single email uh, to this day. I've never gotten an email with a statement from Trump. So then I was like, maybe you have to be like an official member of press. And then I was like, Mr. Trump, are you doing this to me? I am not an official member of press. I know. But, you know, I still like to report on you. Um, anyways, uh, it's on his on his Telegram is actually where um, I get all of the up to date statements and even stuff that does not make it on his website now. I just recently got onto Telegram because, guys, I mean, I don't consider myself, you know, old as the hills. But, I mean, I don't like keeping up with the social media. I don't like doing any of that stuff. I just, you know, even when it was cool, uh, even when Twitter was the hot place to be, uh, I just never cared for it. Never, ever cared for it. And uh, so anyway, so I just, I mean, on my socials, I really do lurk. Now I do have an Instagram, um, but uh, that was never really used for politics. And, you know, um, I don't think that makes it fake or anything like that. I just, I compartmentalized all of my social medias. Uh, Facebook's gone. Twitter's still active, but I don't really post on it ever. And that was really my, Twitter's where I was more politically engaged. Uh, I would use Twitter to directly harass the celebrities of, you know, pedophilia or uh, child sex trafficking or doing adrenochrome. I'd be like, well, why did you look like this in April and you look like this in August? What's going on here, Celine Dion? What's going on here, Meryl Streep? What's going on here, Bette Midler? 
oh man, I used to get at Bette Midler a lot. But of course, that's kind of just like, you know, a little love loss there. Uh, because I mean, I don't like musicals. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that kind of person. But uh, I was a big Bette Midler fan. I was a big Meryl Streep fan. You kind of get where I'm going with that, right? So when I started to find out some of their wheelings and dealings through uh, different uh, uh, symbolisms and also other types of information, I was heartbroken. And uh, yeah, even some of my favorite musicians, you know, um, and I'm not talking about Madonna and I'm not, I don't like Beyonce. I never liked Beyonce. Ugh can't stand her voice. Um, now, I'm not saying she's not talented, although I know a lot of us could, you know, a lot of us could uh, argue that point, uh, but I was never a fan of. Now, I mean, honestly, guys, I was a fan of Madonna, but dang, man, she is so deep into that crap. It's not even funny. Um, and, and and other 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 musicians. Maybe we could talk about it sometime. Maybe we'll talk about it on Loyal to the Foil. I don't know. We'll see what's up. Just be there at 7 p.m. if you want to hang out with us. It'll be me and Loyal having a good time. Uh, let's see. God, looks like the chat is filling up. <laughs> let me say let me say hello to everyone in chat real quick before I keep moving on <laughs> this stream. Uh, let's see. Just V, sweetie, we got you in the house. Oh, man, you guys are moving fast right now. Uh, what else do we got? What do we got? Napkinator, what's going on? Uh, oh, thank you for the shades as well, Napkinator. Two Rivers, Patriot 1776 is in the house. We also got, uh, let's see who else we got here. Ooh, we got Don S. Hey, Don S., what's up, ma'am? Ma'am, not man. And Posse for Hope. Oh, my goodness. Um, just V. Oh, right there with Ben Midler, right? Oh, my goodness. Right there with Ben Midler. Uh, Whitney, Whitney was amazing. You know, Posse for Hope. Um, I did this, uh, I, I used to do a personal vlog type thing. And I did this one where I was talking about uh, Whitney Houston and she being sacrificed, sacrificed. Uh, you know, they found her dead in her tub or whatever in two inches of water. Hey, Christina Fontana, how's it going? And, uh, you know, and then also what I did is I compared that to Dolores O'Riordan. Um, now, I don't know if you guys know who Do Dolores O'Riordan is. Dolores O'Riordan was the lead singer to the Cranberries. You know, that zombie song was to go, uh, in your head. I'm not going to sing it. Zombie. You know, that one song from the night from 1994 or 93, or was it 92? I don't know. But uh, um, so Whitney Houston and Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries were both not at the same time, but on separate occasions, they were both found dead in two inches of water in their bathtub, both of them deemed a suicide, right? Or I think wasn't, I mean, maybe, maybe Whitney Houston's was an accident, like she OD'd on wine and pills and then she drowned in two inches of water. Uh, uh, or Reardon, they said, was a suicide. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, they were both, uh, from my understanding and what my gut tells me, sacrificed uh so yeah that kind of thing now that's a topic of conversation if you ask me right we maybe you could talk about that <laughs> i don't know what we're gonna talk about all right guys let's see what else we got going on here i'm gonna say hello real quick again before i move on seize the day 9 11 welcome welcome pj zwirnik zwirink PJ's Weirink. I'm seeing a lot of first timers here in the chat. Welcome, welcome uh, to the C Report and enjoy the show. We're doing a chat recap right now. So uh, if you're new to the C Report, um, uh, all the uh, all the repeat offenders will warmly greet you. <laughs> 
and uh, and uh, just sit back and uh, relax. Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the cookie. Oh, you guys are you guys are pouring in. Oh man, I'm not going to be able to keep up. Uh, but yeah, just just for the for any of you who are um, who aren't lurkers and who are here for the first time, uh, we do a chat recap at the head of every episode from the previous episode. So we're we're do we're doing a chat recap right now, and I'm just saying hello real quick. And then, uh, and then we'll get on with the show. Um, all right. So getting back to the chat recap, man, I went off there for a minute. Uh, let's see here. Uh, central banks. We talked about that. Oh, okay. So looking up, oh man. Okay. I thought we were going to move on from this topic, right? <laughs> looking up says I listened to John here to help say on the Stu Peters show that Pence is a pedo and that they all know. Okay. So looking up, I didn't see if you're in the audience looking up, but did I say did I say hello to you looking up? I'm sorry if you're in the audience, ma'am. I didn't see you. Tam Grell's here. Everyone's coming in. Belushi's here. What's up? Sherry Pittsburgh, T Anomaly. Holy moly. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh okay, so uh okay, so real quick. Um, I, I went ahead and looked up the John here to help. Uh it ends up being a Dr. Jonathan Grievers, or I forgot his last name, uh, because we were talking a little bit about Pence in the last show. And uh, yeah, uh, what did he say? Oh, God, what did he say? He said something about um, karma. Karma always shows up like a short pair of silver disco pants. <laughs> and that's what was going to happen to Pence. Now, it's not funny because obviously they're talking, they're speaking in the context of uh, Pence being a, a homosexual pedophile and uh, uh, raping a 14 year old boy. Um, I mean, so yeah, that's not funny, but that that analogy about karma, I, it kind of like got me there. So yeah, you know, that's what I've heard about Pence. Uh, it appears that a lot of people have, and also that a lot of work has gone to cover that up, like to cover up um, his tracks, you know, but from what I understand, his name is on some sealed indictments and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, he, he got his, he and his wife got that letter too at daddy Bush's funeral. So let's see, looking up, donated a cookie. Thank you so much. Angel love. I'm not going to say your name. <laughs> Angel F U C K. <laughs> this is a kid's show. I mean, it's a kid's show. This is a family show. Anyways, angel love was, I could say, um, how about I say, uh, instead of angel love or angel F word, what if I say like angel, um, I don't know, angel, I don't want to say angel sex. That sounds weird. Like <laughs> that sounds like a contradiction in terms, uh, angel consummation, um, angel, I don't know. You guys come up with something for me. Angel F. I hope you don't mind how much I'm, uh, messing with your name right now. Serving, uh, service dog mom says, I am praying those vaxxed don't end up all dead because our world will permanently uh, be changed and they will blame him uh you know you're right yeah i mean that is a that is a worst case scenario um i, I don't even know if i want to think about that but yeah uh they they probably would blame him um it's almost like a catch-22 for him but i don't know we have to see what's going to happen i'd say pray sister pray and uh we'll, we'll take it from there we'll let We'll let the higher powers take it from there. W.C. Cranop was in the house. Blonde Blue Lady Q was in the house. W.C. Cranop donating 401 gold pills. Thank you very much, sir. Blonde Blue Lady Q following up with a pair of shades. All of you cats are so cool. Tam Grell in the house. One, two, three, SKG gift in a can. Donations. Thank you so much, y'all. Tam Grell says, hi, Cranop. I'm attending another Flynn event in the morning. This is getting expensive. That's cool, Tam Grell. Good for you. That's awesome that you get to go see... Um, uh, um, 
Lieutenant General Flynn, when he's doing his uh, speaking engagements, uh, you should you should pop on someone's show sometime and talk about him. If I haven't, uh, if you haven't yet, or I don't know if you have any video footage, uh, get that out there. That'd be pretty cool to see. Um, let's see, Sherry Pittsburgh. Did you see the parody of his confessions to the priest? Okay, Sherry Pittsburgh. I'm assuming you're talking about um, uh, uh, McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. I always want to say McAfee. Uh, Yes. Okay. So I, you know, Sherry, I totally took that as satire. I took that as satire and parody. I I happen to know some people that took that seriously. Um, But I mean, at the same time, you know, I mean, he was a billionaire. You never know. I mean, maybe at one point in his life, he did do something like that. Or maybe he was actually exposed to that type of behavior and he was like, hell no. And he didn't do it. Um, or I don't know who's to say, but whenever I saw that video, I definitely took that as parody and satire. I didn't take it seriously. Um, but you never know. You never know when it comes to people who have more money than, than they know what to do with. Uh, just, just V says, I believe you can still order ivermectin through India Mart. I did not know India Mart was a thing. So are they like, hello, welcome to India Mart. <laughs> Would you like some ivermectin? I mean, hey, that's kind of cool, though. Um, if you can do that kind of stuff online. Now, here's a quick cheat, uh, especially if you have contacts or uh, well, it's contacts. OK, if you need if you need contacts, OK, like uh, my sis had shown me because, you know, it's such a waste. And I think it's damn right near theft that you have to go into the doctor's office once a year to get your eyes examined, to get the same prescription that you've had for the last five years. Like it's, it's, it's a swindle. <laughs> like what is up with that? So uh, there's actually a website um, where you can go. And as long as you know, you know, the measurements of your iris and your prescription, like you can order contacts. And uh, when we went to the doctors with my sis, oh my goodness, they were so mad. Like I was like, they're visibly shooketh. Like, uh, so what? And, you know, and, and, and uh, even the one of the nurses aides, he was like this, uh, this uh, six foot tall, uh, six foot two muscled soy boy uh, voiced man. Should I say man? Soy boy boy. Like he was like, he was like, and she has a prescription and it's from Canada. And I was like, shut up. Like you cannot be telling that to the doctor. So anyways, it was funny. Uh, I remember that, that they were trying to get us to give them information on where she was getting her prescription. Well, where we get our prescription, because <laughs> I'm not going to no doctor to get my eyes examined for a hundred bucks and then pay X amount of money to get contacts when it, uh, literally my, con- my, my, I, my, my eye prescription has not changed. And uh, the, the doctor was like, uh, so um, uh, where, where do you get your prescription from? And I was like, all we're going to say is that we get it from Canada and that's all we're going to say. <laughs> So cheers to the Canadians. Okay. All right. Let's get back to this. I'm going to go check out India Mart though. That sounds like something that is worth looking into just to be, um, let's see here. Uh, Joy for Trump says uh, taking t- uh, pine tea. Oh, and actually I think here we got into quite, uh, there was a conversation about what we can take 
uh, for the Shedders to, to guard herself against the Shedders. And then a question of whether or not uh, by taking things like the pine needle tea, the fennel uh, and stuff like that, if uh, if that would protect those who had already taken the vaccine. Now, I don't know that to be the case, but I can tell you what, I'm going to need some pine needle tea at least by December uh, because I'm going to be in um, uh, I'm going to be in an enclosed space, I'm sure filled with nothing but vaccinated people. So that's not going to be fun, but it should be fun. It should be fun. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q says, I think he looks at least 65. It's just hair coloring and grooming. We're talking about uh, John McAfee again. Um, and then just V says, I'm too old to judge looks, uh, but he's sure, don't, uh, he's sure younger than me. And he's not uh, drailing, gifted a cookie. Thank you so much. Always in Texas. Hey, Mr. C. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Hey, uh, uh, apparently I'm angel panties. This is a term of endearment. <laughs> I'll take it. Always in Texas. Uh, Just V says he has no wrinkles. How does he look 70? I wish I looked as good as he did for his age. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen you Just V. I I'm sure you were just fine. Uh, but I mean, when it comes to some people, we could all wish that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> Empress, Empress Beach to you says my hero. She's of course speaking about John McAfee. She says he is making louder noise dead than he did when he was alive. Again, my hero. T Anomaly says fancy a straw for your Coke. <laughs> oh, I almost did that Michael Douglas laugh from War of the Roses. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Yeah. He was pretty high. He was pretty high or drunk on that one interview that I showed you guys on Friday. Uh, of, apparently, he was high and drunk in a lot of his interviews, so I don't know. Ali Patriot, too, says um, she loves colorful people. So do I. Um, WC Cranop says, well, if he's the McAfee from uh, the McAfee from the antivirus, just think backdoors explains dead man switch. Just saying we're waiting on that dead man switch. WC, we are waiting on that dead man switch. Looking up says he gave computers to all the government secretaries, aides, and they had spyware cocktails on them. I heard about that looking up. I did hear about that. Uh, let's see again uh, with the taxes. Feed the deep states is freaking nuts. Uh, income tax, if anyone thinks about it, should never take place. You've earned every single penny. Um, and then uh, Empress Bitch Chiu chimes in. Hey, Mr. C, we have been being screwed by the IRS and the government for decades, and the SOBs wouldn't even pull our pants down. Dang, that's a pretty, pretty, yeah, I shouldn't comment on that. <laughs> Man, they're not pulling our pants. You're right, Empress Bitch you. They're not. Uh, property taxes are illegal, says, you can tell we were all over the place last episode, guys. Uh, property taxes are illegal also. I totally agree. Of course, we all know uh, they want to, they want to tax our breath. Like they want to tax us to breathe. They would do it if they could. They tried, uh, but under, under this idiot president select Biden, they might, try and get away with it again. I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, I can already see the cookie crumbling. I mean, the cookie is crumbled, right? Like we're looking at like crumbs right now. <laughs> we're just waiting for someone to come and sweep it up. But yeah, all of that is uh, illegal, unconstitutional and unethical and inhumane. I mean, can you imagine charging someone to work? Like, yeah, we can imagine it because we've been living it at least since, what, 1913, 1916. Uh, then we got some gifts from uh, Just V, gift in a can, WC Cranop, gift in a ship, Nebuchadnezzar coming to port. Uh, Mermaid Misk says all the ads are for pharma 
Ali Patriot 2 says, if he offed himself, what happened to the dead man switch? Again, we're looking for that dead man switch. Uh, Drailing was in the house. Uh, I missed something here. Because I was like, ooh, I want to comment on that. I think it might have been, was it you, Empress Bitch, or you freaking nuts? My hero, my hero. It had to have been Empress Bitch. We were I said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, um, in that, that interview that I aired with uh, McAfee, uh, he was pulling a Hunter S. Thompson. And uh, yeah, Hunter, yeah, both Hunters would probably outdo him. We know who you're talking about. Uh, we also had Coco Scott in the house, Just Terry, It Beaming, and Freedom Bells Ring. It was good to have you guys with us last week. I hope you're ready for today's show because uh, it's coming at you quick. Let me go ahead and just pop into chat one more time to say hello to everyone in the house. Uh, let's see here. Disco Daphne, Posse for Hope. Positive Vibe 72, Two Rivers 23, Anon. Uh, let's see. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sees the, yeah, little, little bit 17. Little bit 17. Blonde Blue Lady Q. Let's see here. God, hey guys, it's good to have you all back. I love my repeat offenders here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, just V. Just V corrected me. Uh, she says, I didn't say I was older than him. I said he looks younger than me. Okay. <laughs> My apologies, just me. My apologies. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I would say Mitrodate's in the house. How's it going, Mitrodate? Good to see you, sir. And uh, let's see. Let's see what else do I think. I think I got everybody. If I didn't get you, please apologize. Oh, Stacks, uh, Stacks Double X, you're in the house. How's it going? Okay, now I think I got everybody. Just wanted to say hello before we get on the way with the show today. Now let's go ahead and get on with the show. What do you say, guys? All right, so we're going to talk. We're going to catch up on some audit news since we didn't do anything audit uh, last weekend and uh, during the rally. Took a little break, right? I mean, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Trump leads at the C-Report. So let's go ahead and see what we have to offer you by way of President Trump's statements. We'll start with the statement that comes from uh, this past weekend. Uh, President Trump says, thank you to the people in Wellington, Ohio, last night for an unbelievable evening uh, of very serious talk, but also fun. In many ways, with what was said and the reaction to it, it was legendary. Um, yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, they're, they're pooping their pants. There's something in their pants. Uh, and I'm talking about, uh, of course, obviously the globalists, as well as, don't forget, the media moguls, all of those outlets who are suffering in their ratings and yet he's bringing in hundreds of thousands to millions of views. Uh, and that's also an attendance. Think about that, guys. Like uh, I, I read somewhere that he filled he had more in attendance in that one rally than illegitimate Joe had in all of his circle rallies throughout his entire campaign from the basement. So that says a lot right there. Uh, indeed, it was a good rally. It was a very good rally. Um, go back and watch the last 20 or 30 minutes in case you missed it. Uh, next statement says, look at the fraud and so-called irregularities that are being found in the 2020 presidential election. A disgrace to our nation. It is truly the crime of the century. And yeah, um, there's not much to be said there because we already know that to be true. Um, you know, it's, it's just weird how it worked. 
Uh, I think we're very fortunate that uh, Julie, Rudy Giuliani and the Trump team, the lawyer team, uh, went into the five most contested states and laid out all of that foundation, laid out the blueprints, laid out all the receipts so that then we, the people, once we digested it, wrapped it around our head, could then go act on it. And I think that's exactly what happened, um, you know, and that and it started in Arizona and, you know, much to the praise of the brave senators over there in Arizona, they themselves have said time and time again, hey, don't thank us, the Senate. Thank the people of Arizona because they are the ones that would not let go. They held onto it like a bulldog's, uh, you know, like a, a pit bull, like a pit bull's jaw locks. Uh, and they wanted to make sure that, that was going to happen. And so that is what's going on. <clears throat> And uh, we're very grateful to it. Now, on the heels of this statement, we're going to bring up a contentious character into the realm of the Trump statement. So uh, please don't mind if I bring you to now, ladies and gentlemen, the Beluga whale himself, the B2 bomber, Billiam Barr. Oh, look at that loser. Okay, so, you know, guys, I mean, I'm just going to give you my opinions and my gut feelings on this man. Now, don't get me wrong. He was the B2 bomber, Beluga whale, Billy Balls, Billy Balls, Billy Bar, <laughs> Bill, whoops, Billy Bar himself. No, okay, we're not talking about Billy Blanks here. We're not going to do like Tybo. Like we're talking about Billy Bar. Okay, William Bar. Um, now he was the B2 bomber. He was the man that was going to come down and lay down the hammer. Right. Never mind his past. Never mind what he did for you know Daddy Bush and his administration and how he helped us basically illegally arrest uh, the president of Panama. Uh, never mind any of that stuff. Never mind about his daddy. Now, when it came to talking about William Barr and his daddy, like I never really laid that on the table. I was like, yes, his dad worked for our school. Yes, his dad hired Epstein. But the sins of the father should not translate over to the child uh, simply because, you know. But then, you know, they always say the apple don't fall far from the tree. You know, I mean, unless it's on a, a per particularly steep hill. And does this man look like he could get up a steep hill? No, ladies and gentlemen. No, he does not look like he could get up a steep hill. So um, what's going on with William Barr? Now, why do I have this bulbous man's beluga whale face on the screen? <clears throat> well, that would be because Trump has recently, has recently released a statement on one William Barr. Now, um, before we get into the statement, because it's a doozy, it is a doozy, uh, we'll do a quick recap. Now, William Barr moved a lot of things forward for Trump. And he also, um, you know, went after people for Trump. Uh, and not like, oh, you know, in, in some kind of vendetta or retribution. But, you know, under under the, the tent and umbrella of judicial matters and law, he did his job. Until we start going towards the end. And uh, for as long as William Barr was in his position, you know, uh, that's when people start to wonder, well, why aren't things moving like they should? Why does it always seem like things slow down at certain points, right? Well, my understanding was that uh, towards the end of Trump's administration, before William Barr left in December, right, he was bottlenecking everything that Trump was trying to do. He, he okay, so... There was this there was this bureaucratic coup that happened 
within White House in Washington, D.C. It was a bureaucratic coup. There were all types of coups that were happening towards 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not only did we have this outright coup uh, by voter fraud and shamdemic, right? Uh, we also had what? All of the little Antifers and all the little, you know, minions of physical violence that were also planning a direct coup, uh, believing that President Trump was the one who's committing the coup, believe it or not. This is crazy stuff, right? They're crazy. And then on top of that, we had the bureaucratic coup. Now, the bureaucratic coup, the only reason we found out about that is because there was this whole expose on, um, oh, was it the uh, the, the Sunrise Movement uh, and, and all of their uh, different groups that were working within them. And now uh, Millie Weaver is the one where I got all this information from. They actually infiltrated uh, into the movement. These people were doing Zoom chat calls. And uh, it was all like SEOs for the government, uh, uh, top people that were heading up these bureaucratic agencies within the government, lawyers for them, as well as contractors and all that stuff. They're all, it's all on video. Like we did a report on it. If you go to my website, uh, thecreport.com, I wrote a series of three or four articles kind of covering that whole story. Um, and so uh, one of the plans was the bureaucratic slowdown. They're like, well, we can do this several ways. Uh, as bureaucrats, you know how to slow walk all of this paperwork, right? And then uh, like X amount of you guys can all go on vacation at the same time and not come back until January. You know, so they had all of these plans to slow walk everything that Trump was trying to get done. And in this time, he really needs to get stuff done. You know, like they're already trying to boot him out of office. You know, that's how Mark Esper, the uh, secretary of defense, I think undersecretary or assistant or whatever, that's why he was fired because he was found to be colluding with uh, Maria J. Stefan, who worked for the Pentagon, who was on a sabbatical so that she could lead this bureaucratic and kinetic coup against the Trump administration. That's the inside baseball on that. Well, that's where Barr comes in because he starts slow walking everything that Trump needs to do. And we're talking like September, October, you know, August, November, going into, uh, you know, uh, the election. And what is he doing instead? What is that Beluga Bell, Beluga Well, B2 Booby Bomber, Billion Barr doing instead? He is moving forward all of President Select Biden's executive orders. Okay, so I officially clocked out of being a William Barr's fan probably about October of uh, 2020, like done. I was like, I'm done with this man. He is, he's like not good for us. Like he, he looked good on paper and we had a lot of hope for him as the B2 bomber, you know, whatever. Um, but uh when I found that out, I was like, okay, this guy is just like his dad. He, he, he did all this stuff for, you know, Herbert Walker Bush. He's showing who he is. And here I was hoping that he would have turned over a leaf, right? I was hoping he would have turned over a leaf. He was going for redemption. They made a deal with him, something like that. You know, that's what you always hope. Like, I always hope that that is the case when it comes to my fellow humans. I always hope that there's some redemption or they they just they have a change of heart that they have a lighter sentence now something you know something that's not what happened with this man he 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 rushed all of biden it was what, 40 of them 40 of them that biden signed by like day two or three right executive orders couldn't have been done overnight 
But if you had Billion Barr over here, you know, uh, quick working all of his legal paperwork, yeah, it could probably happen. And so that's what was going on with William Barr. Now, on top and on top of that, ladies and gentlemen, not only did we have that crap going on, we also have him finally showing his true colors uh, in regards to where he stands with Trump. And then we all know what he said uh, about um, uh, Trump's assessment of fraud. Uh, he said it was a bunch of BS. You know, he said he said, and I quote, if there was evidence of fraud, I had no motive to suppress it. But my suspicion all along was there was there that was that there was nothing there. It was all bull expletive. <laughs> I'm not always so clean lipped, guys, but let me tell you what. Oh, man. So um, and then not only that, uh, and I read I read an article and and I don't uh, I, I kind of hesitate to to talk about it because it's not a confirmed article i couldn't i couldn't confirm these receipts you know i couldn't tell you uh that this sauce is extra thick and juicy but apparently there was also money transfers going on and he got something to the tune of like seven million dollars uh, uh to basically sell out like that so anyways uh he's well spoken he's crafty he knows what to say uh, he knows how to act uh, but apparently, you know, he just was not standing with America when it came down to it. According to Barr and the experts uh, of his book, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell had urged Barr to push back against Trump's remarks about fraud. And ultimately, in late December 2020, Barr resigned, although he touted his record under his um, administration. Uh, and, you know, I remember seeing a photo of Barr. And uh, and there was speculation that he might have actually been arrested uh, and maybe arrested and taken in for questioning or something like that. But I don't know. That, again, is also hearsay. Let's go to that. OK, so now let's get to the Trump statement, guys. That was the lead up to the Trump statement right there. So you can kind of get a little bit of the history and uh, know why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. All right. Here's Trump statement. Let's pull that up. It says uh, Rhino, former attorney general. Bill Barr failed to investigate election fraud and really let down the American people. Even the scam that took place in Georgia of ballot stuffing on camera, he couldn't see what was wrong with it. Just like he failed to understand the Horowitz report and let everyone down with respect to getting a timely investigation. Where's Durham on all of the corruption of the Obama Biden administration? It's people, it's people in authority like Bill Barr that allow the crazed radical left to succeed. He and other rhinos in the Republican Party are being used in order to try to convince people that the election was legitimate when so many incredible facts have now come out to show conclusively that it wasn't. He came in a semi-bang and went out with a whimper. Earlier in his term, Bill Barr went ballistic on CNN with Wolf Blitzer, warning Democrats were, char uh, were changing election rules to flood the system with melon ballots as a <clears throat> matter of logic, um, are very proud, uh, very open to fraud. They are, and Bill Barr did nothing about it. Oops, next one. If there was no fraud, why are Arizona... Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and other states spending so much time and effort on exposing the fraud. We already know that. 
101,789 obsolete voters on the rolls in Georgia, including 18,486 dead people. Ballot batches off by 17.5% in Maricopa County. Ooh, did you guys catch that? Trump just gave us a number there. Looks like he knows something that we don't know yet because according to Karen Fan, they're not releasing any of those numbers yet. 17.5%. Mm, very close to the magic number if you ask me. All right. Massive chain of custody problems with drop boxes in Georgia. Missing hundreds of thousands of records for months after the election. Thousands of ballots wheeled in through the back door in Fulton County days after the election. Double feeding ballots in Fulton County, Georgia. Nearly 200,000 illegal, indefinitely confined votes in Wisconsin that violated voter ID laws. Cash for vote schemes in Nevada. Ooh, what's that? Cash for vote schemes. Illegal alien votes. Election law changes were not authorized by the state legislature, which is mandated by the United States Constitution. It goes on. Bill Barr was a disappointment in every sense of the word. Besides which, Barr, <laughs> pardon me, besides which, Barr, attorney general lawyer, shouldn't be speaking about the president instead of, oh, that's what's going on. This thing is far too big. There we go. Uh, besides which, Barr, who was attorney general lawyer, shouldn't be speaking about the president. Instead of doing his job, <laughs> he did the opposite and told people within the Justice Department not to investigate the election, just like he did with the Mueller report and the cover-up of Crooked Hillary and Russia, Russia, Russia. They don't want to investigate the real facts. Bill Barr's weakness helped facilitate the cover-up of the crime of the century the rigged 2020 presidential election, and I will say the true big lie. And that's just my, that's just me saying that here. But, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's the portrait of the B2 bomber, big old boobied belugawell billion bar, big old loser in my book. And it's a shame, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot of hopes for that man, a lot of hope for that man. All right, let's get on to our next Trump statement. Had Mitch McConnell fought for the presidency like he should have, there would, there would right now be presidential vetoes on all of the phased legislation that he has proven to be incapable of stopping. Not to mention, he lost two senatorial seats in Georgia, making the Republicans the minority in the Senate. He never fought for the White House and blew it for the country. Too bad I backed him in Kentucky. He would have been primaried and lost. Based on press reports, he convinced his buddy, Bill Barr, to get the corrupt, based on massive amounts of evidence that the fake news refuses to mention, election done, over with, and sealed for Biden ASAP. There you go. Bill Barr and his friend, good old cocaine Mitch, right? Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump's hitting hard this week. I mean, 
he's on fire. He may as well uh, let that Kindle burn and uh, let the flames roll, right? All right. We got another doozy of a statement from President Trump. This will be the last one for tonight. Let's see what she's got to say. Radical left New York City and state prosecutors who have left who have let murders, rapists, drug dealers, and all other forms of crime skyrocket to record levels, and who have just announced that they will be releasing hundreds of people involved in violent crime back onto the streets without retribution of any kind, are rude, nasty, and totally biased in the way they are treating lawyers, representatives, and some of the wonderful long-term employees and people within the Trump organization. After hundreds of subpoenas, over 3 million pages of documents, four years of searching, dozens and dozens of interviews, and millions of dollars of taxpayer funds wasted, they continue to be in search of a crime and will do anything to frighten people into making up the stories or lies that they want, but have been totally unable to get. In an unprecedented move, they retained an outside never-Trumper lawyer from a Trump-hating law firm to work on the case. It is a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Now, they are issuing ultimatums, working in close conjunction with Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. hacks, who have been investigating me from the day I came down the escalator in Trump Tower but who have failed. In fact, the guilty parties were those prosecutors, partners in crime, the radical left Democrats and friends. They will do anything to stop the MAGA movement and me, even if it involves prosecutorial misconduct and harassment of a political opponent, which they are using at levels rarely seen before. They leak, they lie, And they campaign based on information that has already been gone through in other of the many investigations I have put up with. Now, they just leaked uh, that we were given one day today to make our case about things that are standard practice throughout the United States business community and in no way a crime. They also know that no matter how strong our case, they will work, work hard to embarrass us and the Republican Party. Having politically motivated prosecutors, people who actually got elected because they will get Donald Trump, is a very dangerous thing for our country. In the end, people will not stand for it. Remember, if they can do this to me, they can do it to anyone. Why would anyone bring their company to New York or even stay in New York? knowing these radical left Democrats would willingly target their company if viewed as a political opponent. It is devastating for New York. These witch hunters are relentlessly seeking to destroy a reputation of a president who has done a great job for this country, including tax and regulation cuts, border control, rebuilding the military, and developing the vaccine in record time, thereby saving our country and far beyond. Washington, D.C., and ultimately, the United States Supreme Court should finally stop these vicious, angry, and highly partisan prosecutors. They are a disgrace to our nation. Well said, President Trump. Well said. Um, 
that's a, I mean, that's, that's a lot there. Now, you know, aside from uh, what we have going on with uh, these continued witch hunts, I mean, obviously uh, they're still going after him. What now with the New York DA? Uh, I, I believe I, I saw a headline. I did not read the article, but it did say that they would charge, you know, the Trump company. <laughs> they couldn't make anything stick on President Trump. Nope, he's good old Teflon Don, right? So uh, uh, they're still they're still going to keep attempting to go after him. Uh, you know, they were most recently what also going to try and pr- the people are still trying to sue him over January sixth. Like it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, uh, but then again, we also have everything else that they're doing, uh, and that's a good segue into talking about Arizona today. Where's my Arizona? <laughs> there she is. Oh, man, she blew up. Look at that. Ooh, okay. All right, because what the holy shnikes, Batman. Okay, <laughs> let's get this fixed. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, that's what I did wrong. Oh, look at what, look at, I am just, yeah. I guess it is Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Hooray. Okay, so <laughs> anyways. Okay, so what we have going on now. Okay, okay. We'll talk about we'll talk about A.G. Merrick Garland in a little bit, but uh, when we're talking about these disgraceful partisan prosecutors, we don't just have to examine the things that they've done to President Trump in this witch hunt. Uh, take, for example, everything that they did during the Arizona audit from the jump. I mean, sure, we as the American people really were able to examine how lawfare works. And uh, what law firms are in the pockets of people like the DNC, Hillary Clinton, the Clintons, and also George Soros, because all of them came out to play when they tried to just fail the Arizona audit, right? Like they tried to just stop it in its tracks. They're done with that. Done with that. Like, you know, you know, they, they were done with it. Like, I don't know, like Jabos have gone out of style, right? There we go. That's a good one because people like bell bottoms, right? Anyways. Okay. So... <laughs> Who remembers Jabos? Anyways, okay, so, you know, they were done with it, like totally, totally done. Like they were ready to just put this behind them. They were going to use any, any type of lawfare that they could. They went at them on the civil level. They went at them at the government level. They went at them at the federal level. Like they just attacked, attacked, attacked. Nothing held. Nothing worked. In fact, uh, the bad guys in the situation who would be the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, their lawyers and, you know, Democrats in Arizona and the Secretary of Snakes, Katie Schnobbs, they're the ones who showed their hands as the bad guys, as the heels in this, because there's no way to look around it. Like to this day, they still have not released the router information, the passwords, the logins for them to access the Dominion systems and the router systems. I mean, the router systems is like what? Routers don't carry data like, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it took a layman like me a second to figure that out. But once I did, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like on my hard drive, on my PCU, on my laptop. That's where the data stored not in the thing that carries the internet. So, you know, like that says a lot right there. So to this day, they have not turned that in. Now it's my understanding that they actually are going to seek, you know, they actually, because I mean, without that information, can they really wrap up the Arizona audit, right? Like they finished the ballots that ended on Saturday. 
a lot of the good things happened on Saturday. They sealed the ballots with complete chain of custody in Arizona, and they started preparing them to get ready to go back to the county, right? And uh, President Trump had his first post-inauguration rally, right? And then what else happened? Uh, we won't touch on this too much, but towards the end of the show, you know, uh, there was also a freedom march in the United Kingdom that was rather grandiose. Uh, a lot of good things happened this past Saturday. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're getting ready to do a report. Now, there was this headline out about Karen Fan uh, because apparently someone was leaking that uh, the the Arizona Senate and the um, the uh, audit people were going to be releasing the numbers of the ballots on Monday. Well, President Trump gave us a figure, 17.5 variants, right? <laughs> That's pretty big. Now, it's, it's not quite the 22% that we were looking for. If you remember Christina Bobbitt from OAN talking about that, they're like, if there's any more than 22%, maybe she meant 2,200. Um, but if, there, if there's any more than 22%, then they would have to decertify the election in Arizona, hands down, right? Uh, but we got the figure of 17.5 from Trump. Maybe he's the one who leaked it. I don't know. But Karen Fan said that they were not going to be releasing any of that data until the report is complete, which begs the question to me, will they be able to complete that report if they do not, in fact, get the router information, the passwords, and the logins uh, for the Dominion software? Um, because without that, they could justify, the bad guys could justifiably say it's not a complete audit, rah, rah, boom, boom, uh, disqualify the entire thing, right? I could kind of see that happening. Like they, they would probably try and pull that but then we have to remember that they actually did recover all of that data, like the deleted data, for example, that was recovered. And maybe there's enough information in what they've collected and what they've uh, you know, surveyed that they could go ahead and move forward with that report. But from my understanding, they actually are going to move forward in the justice system through litigation to try and get all of that information uh, before they release the report. So, you know, as that comes along, I will share that with you if I can find it. Um, but in the meantime, we'll talk about some of the good stuff that's happening over in Arizona. Uh, first of all, uh, because we did not get to touch on this on Friday, um, a lot of you all heard that, uh, that the uh, Arizona Senate and, well, basically the, the legislature in Toto was going to adjourn, right? So I'm sure all of you guys already know about this, so it's not anything new. Uh, but Sine Di, or Sine Die, sorry, that they were going to adjourn. But of course, uh, it did come out from uh, Senator Sonny Borelli. He released a statement that said the Arizona audit would not be delayed in that regard. So uh, let's see what that he had to say in that. Uh, let's pull that up real quick. This is a letter from Sonny Borelli, uh, Arizona State Senator says, uh, greetings, the legislature's investigative authority does not end at adjourn, sine die. Uh, case in point, on December 14, 2020, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing concerning election integrity. The legislature was not in session, resulting in a subpoena being issued and served on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. That significant action started at the Senate Audit of Maricopa County Election Department 2020 election. When the full forensic audit is completed, the findings and results will be uh, presented to the Senate Judiciary Committee 
whether we are in legislative session or not, at that time, the Senate will proceed to determine which actions need to be addressed. Keep in mind from, beginning, from the beginning that the audit has been under constant attack by the vast left-wing media and the Democrat Party to discredit the audit and process. We are participating, we are anticipating a barrage of continued litigation to block the Senate from obtaining essential data and documents that will hinder the results of the audit. More to the point of sine die, uh, all the legislation such as Second Amendment protections, election integrity, education, economic development bills, etc., that have been passed and signed into law does not become effective until 90 days after the legislature officially adjourn sine die. Uh, rest assured, the Arizona Senate will take all necessary steps to ensure elections in Arizona are protected to include the 2020 and 2022. Uh, it's uh, Senator Sonny Borelli. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, to me, that's pretty cool. I don't, I don't think, you know, do you guys remember whenever they were doing that whole impeachment thing and they were like voting on who was going to impeach people and uh, all the Republicans stood together, right? Uh, I just, not that this is that kind of a moment, but uh, it, it, the way that the, the Arizona Senate, I mean, it is Republican, Republican led, but the way that they're all sticking together, like to me, it's really cool to see the different players of the Senate coming out, you know, uh, like, you know, Wendy Rogers is coming out, like Sonny Borelli now is coming out, like we're, we're getting to see a whole bunch of them. And in whatever position that they are, they are still upholding the will of their constituents, which is ultimately the will of the American people. So uh, that's that's always heartening to see, uh, at least from my point of view. And uh, let's see, let's go ahead and move on here. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's see here. I got two more, I got two videos to show you from uh, this whole thing going on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what was going on with Wendy Rogers, since we just mentioned her. Uh, now, Wendy Rogers was actually recently interviewed by Jordan Conradson <laughs> over there from the Gateway Pundit because uh, they are talking. Oh, well, they're talking about here those uh, subpoenaed routers, the logs and the passwords. Again, they're expecting litigation to follow in order to obtain that information. Uh, and by way of reminder, they subpoenaed all of this data back on January 13, 2021. So you see the Democrats, the liberals, the Marxists, communists, the socialists, the progressives, they get to take their time piddling their thumbs and sitting on their fingers uh, whenever they don't want to hand something over and they don't seem to get in trouble for it. Uh, but the minute a conservative does it or an America first or a MAGA does it, then they go, they come down on you. You have to have it turned in by tomorrow or else. Uh, and I don't understand how people can um, can can act in that way, because I'm the kind of person that if I wouldn't do something myself, I would not expect someone else to do it. Um, if I wouldn't treat someone a certain way, I wouldn't treat someone else a certain way. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. What I'm trying. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't not do something myself and then expect someone to do it and turn on, turn on a dime. I just think that's like another level of hypocrisy. Uh, but that's what these people are good at, right? Projection and hypocrisy and lies and murder and pedophilia and all this other stuff. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, before we get into that video, um, let's see. It says the Senate will decide the action, what action must be taken based on the forensic analysis. Attorney General Mark Bronovich 
will need to decide if criminal investigation is necessary. Now, in case you're wondering why it's attorney general. Now, you guys remember we reported back in May that uh, the Senate was moving to strip Katie Schnobbs, Secretary of Snakes, of her power and authority uh, to rule on any judicial matters in regards to the uh, 2020 election audit here in Arizona. Uh, so they voted on that finally, and she was indeed stripped of her ability to do that. So everything goes back onto A.G. Mark Bronovich to make those decisions. Uh, and I hope, I hope this man stays awake because it took him long enough to wake up. Like we were really happy to see his response to A.G. Merrick Garland. Uh, that uh, that's another another big old black hat globalist figure there uh, who, who uh, we'll get into Georgia in a minute, but he's now going after Georgia. So, uh, but anyway, so it says uh, uh, if the audit reveals that the election, which was certified by the Rhino governor, governor Badusi and the radical George Soros secretary, Katie Hobbs, Katie Schnobbs was fraudulent. There may be severe consequences. There are always consequences, ladies and gentlemen. There are always consequences. Let's go ahead and give our attention to Senator Wendy Rogers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, she's talking with Jordan Conradson from the Gateway Pundit. This is Jordan Conradson with the Gateway Pundit. I'm here with Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers at the Arizona Audit. There's two states here observing again. Which states are those again? South Carolina and Michigan. Wow, that is awesome. So they're looking to take that back to their home states, reform their elections. Right. So there's a lot of concern about sine die and the audit re results coming out and the Senate not being able to make legislation based on those results. Can you kind of clear up the confusion? Yes, Senate President Karen Fan, my colleague, put out a statement last night which clarifies the fact that even with sine die, which is Latin basically for adjourning our legislature, which is a part-time legislature, uh, we still will be able to hold hearings and investigate, even in the off-season, as it were, uh, with the Senate Judiciary Committee, of which I'm the vice chair. And also, it's important to understand that when the legislature adjourns, then 90-day clock starts, and then these bills that we have gotten through, that we have gotten signed, for the restoration of election integrity can take effect. So we want that to be able uh, to go into effect. That's great. So can you tell us about the legislation such as SB 1485 to clean up our early voting list, the bill to block early ballots from being counted if they don't have a signature, and the bill which ensures early ballots go to current addresses? Right. Well, the first bill you mentioned is critical, and we want this to go into effect, which is basically you have to have voted one time in the last four elections uh, to remain on the voter rolls. And as we are learning with the audit, the voter rolls are critical. And so we want to be able to get them as cleaned up as possible. And it requires legislation to do this. And so these kinds of bills have to be codified into law, and that can only happen after adjournment. And again, rest assured, everyone, that the Senate Judiciary Committee is a standing committee. And we are uh, able, during the off-season, to pursue anything that is found at the audit. All right. 
And then lastly, can you tell us about the important legislation regarding critical race theory, gun rights, sure. et cetera? So last night, my colleagues and I were on the floor till uh, 2.30 in the morning passing various components of our budget, uh, one of which is the prohibition against teaching critical race theory. Another one was uh, a big, huge tax cut for uh, voters here in the state of Arizona. Uh, also, we're very proud of the fact that uh, there's a prohibition now uh, that will be against the vaccine passport uh, with universities and government agencies. So those are just uh, a few of the things that we're, we're really proud of here in Arizona, and we're, we're going to be doing more. Wow, that is incredible. Thank you, Senator Rogers. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, let me get that off the screen there. And we're back. Okay, cool. So there you go. Uh, so that was another good way of reassuring. I'm, I love. I love that they have uh, a lot of their Senate players coming out uh, and and talking about this. Uh, really seeing that these people have some fortitude, uh, and uh, you know, because it's easy to trash on our politicians, especially when they do a terrible job. They don't do their job at all. Um, but uh, when they do work, God, it just, it's so heartening to me. So yeah, so there you go. A lot of reassurances there. And then also South Carolina and Michigan was in the house. Now I, I'm curious about Michigan because Michigan had previously been in the house before, but it was only one person that was Christina Caromo, who is running for governor in the state of Michigan. So now I'm like... Did they actually have some senators and representatives coming here? Did they happen to be the same ones that President Trump was trashing last week? It's possible. Like, they're going to have to get their self underway. Now, uh, just real quick, also another state that was in the House last week was Oregon. Uh, so I thought I would show you guys about Oregon real quick, because I know there's a lot of Oregonians out there who are in the audience. And uh, sometimes, you know, just because of what's going on and what... Uh, uh, Eugene and in, uh, um, uh, what was the other city called? <laughs> you guys know at Portland, uh, that like, maybe there's no hope, uh, but that they had an Oregon delegation of, uh, Duchette's, Duchette's County, uh, commissioner Phil Henderson and Duchette's, I'm probably so massacring that name, Republican party committee chairman, Mark Knowles went down there to take a close look. So let me show you a little bit about Oregon real quick. So you guys can uh, you can you can hear from some people from your home state and see what they had to say about what is going on and their thoughts on the Arizona audit. And then we're going to hop on over to Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is Jordan Conrad from the Gateway Pundit. I'm here with Phil Henderson and Mark Knowles from Oregon. They're here to tour the historic Arizona audit process. What did you guys think? I was just really impressive. Uh, the amount of detail thought that went into this planning we got a briefing beforehand about all the, the steps in the system so i was just really impressed Our, likewise every team crossed every dot i got it was really amazing all right so can you tell me about why why you guys came out here we're we're from a county Deschutes county oregon which has about two hundred thousand uh, people and seventh largest in oregon and we're we're what i call on the cusp between Republican and Democrat, really a split county. And so we're interested in the integrity of elections there in Oregon. We're a state that was the, the first mail-in voter uh, state. So we have a lot of experience with that. We wonder about the susceptibilities there. And we're also the 
a motor voter registration state, which causes lots of people to be registered, whether they want to be or not, so to speak. So there's some things we wanted to see how they do it. Yeah, there's Bruce Fairing is a public's confidence in the elections that every vote does count, every legal vote counts. And there's you know, friends and families asking lots of questions about this and that, and we're just going to have to learn. And it was, it was everything we expected and what we want, I think. So are you guys being proactive for future elections? Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, we have a, our local, I'm the chair of the local Deschutes Republican Committee. We have an election integrity subcommittee that uh, is going to be looking at the processes in our county and then trying to share this with other with other state officials and, and uh, work through some of these questions that have been raised just watching this. Right. What kind of what kind of questions have been raised in Deschutes County about? process the election was, process it was an, I, I don't know again it's in the gathering process so uh, there were some questions about those dates but we don't know what that means yet the analysis piece is still not touched yet but i think there was just some concerns and questions yeah, and i think some of the people had questions about the the tabulation and the computer systems that are used that's been coming that's been brought up in our state and also uh had some questions about the registration system where you know in the and the how clean the voter rolls are. If we don't really, I don't know how well we take people off the voter rolls, that they need kind of um, exaggerated numbers, so to speak, for right. some of the issues. Do you guys have a message for other, other state officials to come see this process? Oh, I do. I, I, think, I think that all states uh, should be coming here and watching this because it will make them rethink their processes if they really want a true honest election of, as I've said, all the um, people that should legal voters in our state, getting counted once and that sort of thing, so. Yeah, 19, 19 states have been here, which means 31, 31 have not. Right. And, and they, should, they, should come, they should come see this. Yeah, I, I think that uh, what happens, you know, out of, you live in a different state, it's not the center of the news. Uh, in Portland, we have riots, so we, we follow focus on that, and riots instead of voting. But so we don't, most people don't know the extent that this is being looked into in the audited process. And so the reserve results are going to come out from this, and people have missed how it got there. And that's what I think other states need to focus on and see. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay. Pretty cool. So, hey, someone is speaking up for Oregon, and it sounds like in a very large way, they're looking at everything that we have already all looked at, or we may be facing. I'm pretty sure we're all facing the same things. Uh, it was uh, questions about birth dates. That guy said he didn't know what he was talking about, but maybe they had underage voting. Uh, they're talking about the um, the uh, voter rolls. That's a big one across the board in all states. As you guys know, Georgia just cleaned out their voter rolls, right? A little bit too late. Uh, and then of course, other states have been forced through litigation to do so. Um, so that's something I think all states are looking at. And then of course, uh, he said there were questions of software and stuff like that. So could they be talking about the Dominion machines? Like there's a bunch of stuff going on there. So it's heartening to note that that's why, you know, I was always saying, regardless, regardless of these five highly contested states, you know, every single state in the nation was touched by fraud. And uh, I noticed, uh, I know some of you guys talking about, um, we have some Michiganistan. I saw that Henry 4570. 
Uh, I have some Michigan news also. Um, uh, we're not going to touch on that tonight. Maybe we'll get into it maybe Wednesday because uh, I've been holding on to this stuff. Um, but uh, we there's some Michigan news going on there as well in regards to what's going on with uh, wretched Gretchen Whitmer and also um, the uh, voter um, voting um, audits that are going on over there too. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was... Um, that was a Oregon there for you down in Arizona. And let's see what else we got here for you all. I think that's going to do that for Arizona. Now, in case you guys weren't aware, I, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it at the head of the uh, episode, but uh, we do have a special guest, I believe, coming on. So we're going to talk a little bit about Georgia. And then after that, uh, we're going to have a special guest here to uh, – to shoot the breeze for a little bit and then uh, we'll wrap the night up. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun y'all. So uh, just hang tight, but let's, let's head over to the peach state. There we go, Georgia now. Okay. So, uh, uh, so some other stuff is, is coming out with Georgia now. Okay. So in all of this stuff that's been going on, we have Arizona right off the bat, like they went through their full fronts, got it. It's almost done. It's almost finished. They've been attacked. Now, what we have going on here is I kept saying, I really believe Georgia is going to be the next one to go through the audit. Now I kind of believe it's going to be Pennsylvania. Hey, as information becomes available, we're allowed to change our minds, right? So I kind of feel like Pennsylvania might be the next one to actually have a full forensic audit. Why not Georgia? Why would I not think that Georgia would be the next one to have a full forensic audit? Well, let's take a look at some of the things that are going on in Georgia. First of all, everything that they did is blowing up. Everything they did is blowing up. Everything is coming out through affidavits, through subpoenas. You know, they had they had the they had those women, you know, Ruby Freeman. We saw her video, her daughter, Andrea, Andrea Juan Moss or Shay Moss. Uh, and then that Rudy Jones guy, uh, they have them stuffing the ballots. All of that was very obvious. You know, everything was very obvious that was going on there. Uh, and, and that was just one of the things, um, you know, they're trying to get these ballots. That's a uh, that's a Garland Favorito, a different Garland. Uh, Garland Fabrito over there at Voter GA in Georgia. They're trying to get that done, you know, and then uh, they have the uh, Fulton County Board of Election uh, going after them litigiously. Like they are just, again, using lawfare to put pump the brakes on all of this stuff, like to slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. Now, in Georgia, and oh, let's not forget about Stacey Abrams, right? Everything that came out with Stacey Abrams and how uh, she's received X amount of money uh, from Zuckerberg and other places. I would not doubt Soros either because we know she works on the Council for Relations. Uh, you know, we know that she's uh, she works with uh, John Podesta on his, uh, what was that, Amer Progress, American Progress or whatever it's called. Um, and then it's her firm her very business that staffs basically all of the government agencies, including what was going on at the uh, election in 2020. Uh, and then not only that, but we have Brad Raffensperger, who uh, also through his uh, his little panty boy attorney, uh, Ryan German Germany, uh, hired this other guy. What was the, the guy's name? Uh, uh, something Jones. He was another Jones, uh, Carter Jones. And Carter Jones takes all these notes shows that there's no chain of custody. Oh, and let's not forget that Georgia also has not turned in their chain of custody, unlike 
thousands of ballots, right? Okay, so they have all this stuff working against them. Um, with that going on, now we also have um, Gar good old Garland, Garland Favorito, good old Garland. He did not vote for Trump. It's okay. He's fighting for America. He did not vote for Trump, but it's okay. He is totally fighting for the integrity of our elections for all of us Americans. I don't care what party he is. This man is fighting hard. You guys know Garland. He's that soft-spoken older man. I'm not going to say old man, older man, right? He's that soft-spoken older gentleman, right? Uh, and uh, he's just been, he's been a silver lining throughout all of this because, um, you know, the, uh, the uh, Fulton County board of election people as well as the workers of Fulton County as well as the state government have hired attorneys to basically slow down the process as much as possible for what Garland Favorito is trying to do and do you know what Garland Favorito is trying to do He's not even asking for a full forensic audit. All the poor guy wants to do is get a higher resolution copy of the ballots that were used in the 2020 election. 15,000 of them. He's not saying, let's do a full forensic audit. Let's get Team Arizona over here. Let's get the Cyber Ninjas. The poor man just wants to take a picture of the ballots and study them. <laughs> so that's been slowed down. That's been slowed down to a point that we're still not seeing any movement yet. Now, there was a ruling that just came up, actually. There was a ruling. But because of all of this, that's why I don't think Georgia will be the next one to have a full forensic audit. I think huh, I think they might just decertify the thing altogether, honestly. And Pennsylvania will be the next one to have the full forensic audit. But that's just my wishful thinking. That's kind of my, my uh, quick analysis of that. Um, so that should be interesting if that's the way it goes down, but let's go ahead and get real quick into what else is going there. Now we have this whole, okay. We have this whole situation. I just gave you a laundry list of everything that went down in Georgia, right? You know, talk about the devil going down to Georgia, looking for a soul to steal, right? Okay. Well, he stole the souls of the Georgia legislature. He took Brian Kemp's, Brad Raffensperger and Stacey Abrams souls all in one fell swoop. Man, that devil, he is a crafty man. So, okay, so you have that going on. You have everything I just told you about. Everything from Raffensperger sending down his little sleuth that, you know, no chain of custody, people who were hired that didn't even want to be there, all this other stuff, right? Okay, so then here's what you got going on next. Here's what you got going on. They find out, ladies and gentlemen, they find out that Raffensperger's office had already sent a probe into the absentee ballot box, so to speak. In other words, he set up an investigation into one of the election workers, one woman by the name of Susie Voiles. Now, I don't know if you guys remember who Susie Voiles is, but she was like the uh, the uh, um, the superior, not the superior. She was like the uh, the the higher ranking election uh, managers for Fulton County for 20 years plus. For over two decades, this woman worked the elections in Fulton County, worked her way up to being a manager for the entire thing. Now, it was she and three other election workers, poll workers, that filed affidavits that were basically telling them, hey, these uh, ballots are too pristine. They're coming in crisp as the day that they were drawn. 
They have uh, no creases in them. There's no, like, there's nothing that would suggest the human even touched them. They look like they came out right out of a machine, right? She signed an affidavit on penalty of perjury. Now, for those of you people who are not aware of that, and of course, I'm not talking to my Foxhole app audience because I know they know who's what, <laughs> I know they know what that is. Penalty of perjury means you're going to face jail time if you write a statement that is a lie in this kind of a case. It usually has to do with judiciary, right? So she signs affidavit, three other people sign affidavits upon penalty of perjury, stating all of these ballots, thousands of them, look like they came from a copy machine, right? And uh, then you have this also. Not only did they look like they came from a copy machine, but the way that the ballots were filled in, the ink itself was not human. It was not ink from a pen. It was smooth with like uh, the same type of uh, ovular uh, cylindrical mark in the center of it. Identical. All of them identical. Okay, so this told them obviously that she said, look, in 20 years, I've never seen this. I've never seen anything like this. Now, not only was that the case, but she also said because she's done it for 20 years and she knows the margin of error when it comes to the population vote, uh, when it comes to how everything breaks down, that all of the numbers that they were getting on, you know, like the percentages of how much they were off by, who won, what the score was, she said all of it was impossible. Like, and, you know, there were also some reports out there that I didn't pick up where they were talking about, like, between Pennsylvania, Virginia, um, um, Georgia, and I want to say one of the Carolinas. And it might have been actually might have been Wisconsin and, and Michigan also that the margin of difference in the votes from Trump to Biden, they were even all the way across. So, like, it was like every county, 49 percent. Every county, 52%. And that was just, there's, that's empirically impossible to do unless the numbers were cooked in a certain way, you know? So anyways, so you have this woman and she's saying that she'd never seen anything like that. You know, in fact, okay, guys, I'm going to play a video. We have a, uh, I'm going to just, just to serve as a reminder. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, over in Twitch, in case you've probably never seen any of this stuff, this is this is old news Twitch. Hey, guys, we got the Twitch trolls back. Welcome back, Twitch trolls. <laughs> Welcome to the Sea Report. All right. So let's see here. They're like, they're like, there's only one person watching. You're talking to yourself. I'm like, nah, no, not according to the two or three hundred people over here. OK. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let me let me get that video up real quick. We'll, we'll only play a portion of it because it's a 15 minute video. Um, and I don't want to keep you guys up too late tonight, uh, but let me go ahead and get that going. Now, this is an interview with uh, Susie Boyles, who is the woman I was just talking to you about, um, and she is on in, uh, Outside the Beltway. Now, this dude's been coming up a lot also recently, John Fredericks. Uh, so we'll just play that real quick just to give you guys a little bit of um, a heads up about what she experienced as a 20-year-plus, 20-plus-year uh election worker there in Fulton County, some of the discrepancies that she saw. And then we'll talk a little bit about this new case, this new case where the office of Brad Raffensperger has already cracked into the ballots and possibly had his minions fold them for him. God, man. Boils, everybody considered her one of the foremost experts 
one of the foremost experts on election law in the state of Georgia, let alone Atlanta and Fulton County. Susie Voiles with us now is also one of the original four uh, election officials in Fulton County who have signed affidavits alleging that there may be up to 20 or 30,000 counterfeit fake ballots in Fulton County. Joining us now is Susie Voiles. Hey, Susie, it took a lot of courage to come on today. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're going to have her in a minute here. We got her? Okay, we got Susie now. Hey, Su Susie, a uh, little tech intro, re-intro here. Uh, it took a lot of courage for you to come forward today as one of the four original people signing these affidavits. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for your courage. Thank you. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. But really, all I was doing was fulfilling my job. We take an oath to make sure that during the election, we will do whatever we can to prevent any fraud, deceit, or abuse. And not only during the election, but it says the continuance thereof. And that's where we are right now, and that's where we were when we did the audit. So, I, I all right, Susie, let's, I was, let's get... Let's, let's get this. All right, Susie, let's get uh, let's get to some of the specifics here. OK, one of the things that you said in your affidavit, and I'm going to go through these one by one, is you said in your ballot sorting and counting that you thought that there were ballots that you were handling. These are mail-in ballots, Fulton County mail-in ballots, that you thought you said was on pristine paper. They were on a different type of paper. Can you elaborate on that? There was a, a definite difference in the feel of the paper. They were, um, when I said pristine, I, they were very white. It, they obviously, this was a batch of 110 ballots. They obviously had not been handled. They weren't soiled at all by um, you know, oil on the hands or stray marks here and there. And so the, there were no folds um, that should have been there. And it was impossible for them to have been adjudicated ballots. And we can talk about that in a little bit. So they were on different paper. The paper was, as you called it in your affidavit, pristine. Didn't appear to be handled. Now let's go to the creases. Any absentee or any mail-in ballot, whether it was delivered through a Dropbox, delivered straight to a early voting place, or came through the mail, that had to be received by the voter through the mail in an envelope, and then it had to be returned either by hand or mail or a Dropbox with an envelope where the person signs the back of it. So we're we're not talking about signature match here. We're talking about ballots that have to come and go and be deposited in an envelope without a crease, without a fold crease. Can I ask you something, Susie? How is that humanly possible? Are these just magic ballots that fly in and out of an envelope? Or did somebody come in and steam clean them like you would do a suit after a rainstorm? How is there no creases in these? 
I have, I have really no idea. Um, the only way that that could happen, um, there was a woman that I met also who filled out an affidavit and her story, I didn't know her until weeks afterwards, but her story perfectly corroborated what I had seen, that these were ballots that she had printed as test ballots. Um, and there was something else that was very unusual about them. Not only, the first thing that drew, drew my eye was there was a little eclipse in the first bubble in the presidential mark. But out of 110 ballots in this batch, the other thing besides the feel, besides the no creases, was the fact that every office on the front and the back were exactly the same. Now, John, I've been doing this for over two decades. I have never seen odds like that. That meant 107 were for Joseph Biden, two were for Donald Trump, and one was for Jorgensen. That's just a statistical impossibility. And then when I found out that Bridget had printed what were supposed to be test ballots, that's what she thought they were, was test ballots, but somehow those test ballots were interspersed within other ballots. So out of a batch of 110 ballots, did you say it was 110 or 101? 110. And uh, Biden got 107 votes. Right. Trump got two votes. Jorgensen, the libertarian, got one vote. But That's did right. I also hear, Susie, you say that all of the down ballots were exactly the same candidates? Correct. Even the referendums, even the soil and conservation person, that is so unusual. In fact, that was the other thing that drew me. Besides the feel of the paper, the no folds, this was thing that was not, I was assuming that it had been copied. It was very odd saying it had been copied. There were other questionable ballots, but these, it was impossible to have ballots in that order. So one batch, 110 ballots, 107 for Biden, two for Trump, one for the Libertarian Jorgensen, and then all the down ballot candidates voted, the, and, and they voted the exact same way, Ossoff, whoever the congressman is, right down to soil and water and referendum. The statistical odds on that, based on your two decades plus of experience, you would say are what? Slim, infinitesimal, not likely. How would you frame that based on your experience? Based on my experience, I would say that's an impossibility. If you remember, if, I'm, if I've done this over two decades, I've also done this when the state voted majority Democrat. I have never seen a spread like this before. I have seen, you know, the spread is much closer. Um, it, this was impossible. Impossible. Indeed. Susie, also you said that in looking at the bubble fill-in marks of Biden, that the uh, the 107 votes for Biden 
you were saying that all the bubble marks appeared to be a the same way the same exact bubble mark the same way and it didn't appear to be made by an ink pen or a pencil can you explain that i can explain it they were printed um as they would come through a copy machine and the the bubble that one would bubble in or that the machine would bubble in for Joseph R. Biden, um, there was a slight little eclipse of white in the inside that bubble. And that's the best way. I could, it looked like a little, you know, quarter moon is the only way I can um, describe it. And each one of those were identical on every one of those 107 ballots. So, Susie, of uh, the ballots that you saw, the 107 votes for Biden, every single bubble mark was the exact same with the same little sliver missing. The odds on that, uh, it, it, it's just impossible. It's, it's a human impossibility that that would happen. It just could never happen. So different paper, not folded, 107 of 110 votes for Biden, all the down ballot votes, the exact same, no pen, no ink, same bubble market clips. What do you think this audit is going to show, Susie, based on your experience? Well, the first two audits that we did um, were not what I would call an actual. If you tell me your bank has been robbed, and of $10. And so I go through and I, I count the money. And then you give me the same amount of money. I'm going on your count on what you tell me was uh, missing. And it's just, it was really a recount of what had already been done. I think we're going to find out that there was something that I have seen for my 20 years here, and I have told all five secretaries of state that there is a problem with the absentee ballot. And there are greater problems than that. There were also problems with registration, and that, that's a story for another time. But I think we're going to do you, find... Do you, believe, do, you, do you believe these ballots that you looked at, do you believe these ballots were counterfeit? I absolutely do. All right, Susie, do me a favor. I know time is short. I want to hold you over for just a couple minutes for our, our next segment, uh, because I've also seen today that you've announced uh, for Congress in the 6th District. I want to talk about that. I want to get back to these ballots. We'll have David Belisle after that. If you could beg our indulgence, Susie, and stay with us for another segment. Okay, and we'll pause it there. So. That's Susie Voyle, ladies and gentlemen. She's the one. Uh, she is the one who was actually um, um, the manager of that whole contest, and she was fired. She was fired after she was fired by the Fulton County Board of Electors uh, after she had turned in her affidavits. After she she actually spoke during the hearings in Georgia uh, back in uh, November December when uh, uh, Attorney Rudy Giuliani and uh, the Trump team were down there presenting it to uh, presenting in their hearing. So anyways, that's a good idea. So now you have an idea of who Susie was. Okay. So 
What has happened since then is um, a real clear investigations. They're a pretty good um, outfit uh, of uh, uh, journalists and investigators. They had uh, actually found out that uh, state investigators had they'd quietly broken the seals on one of the suspicious boxes, ones that she's talking about, because don't forget, she's saying they had batches of ballots. And in these batches, it'd be 107, 2, and 3 on the vote count multiple times, right? So they're saying thousands of ballots were like this, okay? This person who's done that for 20 plus years uh, was on penalty of perjury, signed an affidavit saying that this is what she witnessed, potentially thousands of ballots, right? Let me let me see if I got a picture of the lady up here for you. I think I do. And... Boils. Okay. <laughs> there she is, Mrs. Georgia. Okay. So there's Miss Susie Boyles. I'll, I'll keep her on the screen while we talk about this. Um, so, okay. So now what happens, she gets fired, right? Now, long about January 7th, she gets pulled into basically an interrogation session. Now it says here that according to real investigations, uh, the, the Raffensperger State uh, um, House sent in investigators and they quietly broke the seal on one of the suspicious boxes and inspected the hundreds of votes it contained for signs of fraud. So already this is a big no-no because these ballots have been ordered sealed by the judge. No, According to Georgia state law, even, they're not supposed to be bothered with. And if they do, obviously, they need to either ask permission or let someone know what they're doing, right? It says a key whistleblower pressured Miss Susie Voiles to recant her story about what she and other poll monitors had observed on that day. Uh, now, since she was she had done that sort of affidavit, obviously, she said she would not do it. She held her ground. Um, but it also says that the state never disclosed that it was doing a probe into the public or to the election watchdogs that were suing them to inspect the ballot. So again, this is something that, well, aren't we seeing this in Wisconsin right now? Uh, and there's another state, it might be Michigan, where they're actually going after the people who want an audit done. Instead of just auditing, like the will of the people are asking them to do it, they're gonna go ahead and attack and start investigating into people who are asking for the audit. Right. That's that's very. Yeah, that's very sound there. If you ask me, uh, it also says that state officials neglected to inform the judge hearing the lawsuit that they were conducting uh, such an inspection, even though the judge had issued a protective order over the ballots in January. And in a nine page amicus brief recently filed in the case, attorneys for the state office of secretary. Oh, sorry. Uh, attorneys for the office of secretary of snakes. Brad Raffensperger urged Superior Court Judge Brian Amaro to deny petitioners' requests to inspect the ballots, calling them a fishing expedition. Now, there's the chief investigator in this whole matter uh, the, by the name of Frances Watson, uh, a lady named Frances Watson. Now, she's a chief investigator, and she was questioning Susie Boyles, basically trying to get her to change her story or say, you know, maybe she was wrong or maybe it was a mistake. But she ends up confirming that she sent investigators to Fulton County early in the year to inspect the ballot batches that were sealed. So uh, that says a lot right there. 
like in the process of this conversation, the woman admits to the admits to real clear investigations that they indeed did send some people down to unseal the ballots. Um, it says Raffensperger's office didn't respond to questions about why it did not inform the court about its probe, although it acknowledged that this is the first time its inspection of the ballots was made public. So there's no telling what Raffensperger and his office was doing with these ballots between January and now. For all we know, they had people going in there all the time, folding up ballots, unfolding ballots, uh, making increasing them and stuff like that. We don't know, you know. Um, but it says that uh, Amero did order these uh, ballots unsealed. And again, of course, they were um, they, that was delayed uh, whenever the DA and the county, uh, the board county of electors decided to get lawsuits involved to, to just, you know, hold up the process. Now, in the interview between Francis Watson and Susie Voyle, um, it took place at the Secretary of State's office in Atlanta. And Voyles told Real Clear Investigators that an investigator identifying himself as Paul Braun grilled her for over two hours about her testimony. Um, and she said she was joined by another official who said she was the Georgia Bureau with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. She said the investigators did not have a copy of her affidavit and did not know the box number or the batch numbers of the ballots that were in question. Um, to that, Susie said, I smelled a rat when they did not know the batch number when they were clearly denoted in my affidavit. She said the investigators gave no indication they had gone to the warehouse to find the suspicious ballots or were conducting any kind of forensic investigation. But she did add the ballots that I saw had been pre-printed. It's a very serious thing, in my opinion. That's why I swore under penalty of perjury, recanting would be perjuring myself. OK. Now, it does see, it does say here also when it comes to real clear investigations and this Francis Watson person that Francis Watson also revealed that investigators went to Fulton County and reviewed the batches identified by Miss Boyles, but found no ballots that looked as Miss Boyles described. So if they're saying they went down to Fulton County and they could not find ballots that looked like what Miss Boyle described, then they clearly unsealed these ballots, which was against a court order, and they did some investigating into that. So now there's some more shenanigans that are coming out in that regard. And in fact, you know, we mentioned Garland Favorito. He sees a silver lining in this, you know. <laughs> You got to admire that man's uh, that man's positivity and his tenacity, uh, because that's 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 only adding to his case when he takes it back to Judge Amaro. Now, just to catch you guys up on Judge Amaro real quick. In regards to Judge Amaro, uh, he had put a hold on the uh, on on uh, voter GA and Garland Favorito. He put a hold on them going into the ballots, unsealing them and scanning a higher resolution of each ballot so they could do like, you know, I guess uh, a technical inspection of these ballots. Well, they put a hold on it and they actually just ruled on this um, recently. Now, the ruling to some might not seem like such a good thing. We'll pull that up real quick. Let me get that bigger on the screen for you. 
We'll go all the way. How about that? Now, here in the ruling, basically you have what? The respondents or the defendants, that would be Fulton County, Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections, Fulton County Clerk of Superior and Magistrate Courts, right? Okay, so basically there were nine items that uh, uh, Garland, Favorito, and Voter GA were going after um, that they wanted to be addressed in this petition. Now, Judge Amaro decided that they were going to dismiss seven they were going to dismiss seven of the nine uh, items that they were going after. Uh, and it basically it boiled down to uh, the fact that you can't sue the government. You can't sue Fulton County because just like it happened in, Mich in Michigan, in Antrim County, if the plaintiff or, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, petitioner requires some sort of satisfaction uh, there's no way that the county could do that themselves. They need names, right? So uh, in lieu of Voter J actually being able to sue um, or to um, uh, hold Fulton County responsible, the judge decided that there are five individuals that they can call to task. So, and also Trump, uh, President Trump had also made a comment about this in a previous statement last week, where he said uh, that it was good news that for the fifth time, Judge Amaro in Fulton County had sided with the people of Georgia, the people of America. And that's the way that Garland Favorito has taken it. He's like, well, hey, you know, he might be dismissing these seven items that we're going after, but there's two of them that we can still pursue. And they include being able to get higher resolution scans of the ballots. Um, and now with this new information coming to light through Real Clear Investigations and Susie Voyle about Brad Raffensperger's state house sending in individuals to basically unseal these ballots. And then don't forget, there was also a break-in about two weeks ago. Um, they can add that to their case and hopefully that will flesh out for them uh, whenever they go in front of the judge again. So all in all, it's kind of looking, uh, it's still looking up, but that's why I'm saying Georgia may not be the next state that we're going to see have a full forensic audit because they can't even get their hands on the ballots to get the proof that they need to start a full forensic audit. Uh, Pennsylvania or Michigan, they might be stepping up to bat is what it kind of sounds like in that regard. But we will see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's talk about the last item up for discussion here in regards to Georgia. And it has to do with this man. That is A.G. Merrick Garland. Now, you know, guys, I actually haven't done any digging into A.G. Merrick Garland, per se. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot there if I were to actually dig into him. Um, but what we do know about him for sure is uh, he sent over letters of threat to Arizona State uh, because basically he was saying uh, that they were being unconstitutional, uh, unhuman, unethical when it came to all of this election audit stuff happening in Arizona. Um, and of course, you know, you had uh, A.G. Bronovich and, uh, and the likes. They were basically saying, nope. Uh, you know, Senator Wendy Rogers was like, if you come over here and mess with my ballots, you're going to be spending some time in Arizona State Prison. Right. So they put them on notice. You're not coming down here. So I guess Mr. Merrick, 
who was very unsuccessful when it came to uh, when it came to uh, getting under the skin there in Arizona. Oh, well, he had no problem going after Georgia. So now he's going after Georgia. I wonder what state he's going to hit next. So uh, in regards to Georgia, he basically is going after them because of, um, of how they had their voter laws um, tightened. Not 100% the way that we need them. Definitely in defiance of HR1. Uh, but again, it's going to boil back down to you're making it harder for us to cheat in the future. And also racism. All right, let's see what this snake has to say real quick. The rights of all eligible citizens to vote are the central pillars of our democracy. They are the rights from which all other rights ultimately flow. Two weeks ago, I spoke about our country's history of expanding the right to vote. I noted that our progress on protecting voting rights especially for black Americans and people of color, has never been steady. Moments of voting rights expansion have been often been met with counter efforts to curb the franchise. Among other things, I express concern about the dramatic rise in state legislative actions that will make it harder for millions of citizens to cast a vote that counts. I explained that the Justice Department is rededicating its resources to enforcing federal law and to protecting the franchise for all eligible voters. And I promised that we are scrutinizing new laws that seek to curb voter access and that where we see violations of federal law, we will act. In keeping that promise, today the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia. Our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Several studies show that Georgia experienced record voter turnout and participation rates in the 2020 election cycle. Approximately two-thirds of eligible voters in the state cast a ballot in the November election, just over the national average. This is cause for celebration. But then in March of 2021, Georgia's legislature passed SB 202. Many of that law's provisions make it harder for people to vote. The complaint alleges that the state enacted those restrictions with the purpose of denying or abridging the right to vote on account of race or color. In a few moments, Assistant Attorney General Clark will talk in more detail about this case, United States versus Georgia. I wanna thank the staff of the Civil Rights Division's voting section for their hard work on this matter and for their everyday efforts to protect Americans' voting rights. The critical nature of their work is the reason we are doubling the section's enforcement staff. This lawsuit is the first of many steps we are taking to ensure that all eligible voters can cast a vote, that all lawful votes are counted, and that every voter has access to accurate information. The Civil Rights Division continues to analyze other state laws that have been passed, and we are following the progress of legislative proposals under consideration in additional states. 
where we believe the civil rights of Americans have been violated, we will not hesitate to act. We will use all existing provisions of the Voting Rights Act, the National Voter Registration Act, the Help America Vote Act, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act to ensure that we protect every qualified American seeking to participate in our democracy. Under the supervision of the Associate Attorney General, the Civil Rights Division is also taking proactive measures to help states understand federal law and best practices. We are in the process of developing guidance to help ensure that post-election audits comply with federal law, and we are working in guidance with respect to early voting and voting by mail. And because the upcoming redistricting cycle may be the first since 1960 to proceed without the key preclearance provision of the Voting Rights Act, we will publish new guidance to make clear the voting protections that apply to all jurisdictions as they redraw their electoral maps. These include maps used for congressional districts, state legislatures, county commissions, city councils, and more. Pursuant to President Biden's executive order, we are also working to ensure access to voter registration for eligible individuals in federal custody and will assist other federal agencies in expanding voter registration opportunities as permitted by law. Finally, as I noted two weeks ago, we are seeing a dramatic increase in menacing and violent threats ranging from the highest administrators to volunteer poll workers. To address this effort to undermine our electoral process, today the Deputy Attorney General will issue a directive to all federal prosecutors and the FBI, which will highlight the prevalence of these threats and instruct them to prioritize investigating these threats. Today we will also launch a task force including personnel from the Criminal Division, the Civil Rights Division, the National Security Division, and the FBI to focus on these threats. We will promptly prosecute any violations of federal law. We are using every method at our disposal in our enforcement efforts. Okay, I'm just going to shut them up. I mean, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm reading some of y'all's comments and a yes, 100%. Like, don't they realize that they are the ones who are being racist? <laughs> I mean, they're assuming that, you know, people of color can't get any of this done. Uh, I mean, it harkens back to, who's that, Joe, Joe Biden, Pedo Joe, Ill illegitimate Joe, Sleepy Joe, whatever you want to call him, saying that... Uh, People in rural areas and and people of color don't don't know how to get, get on the computer. He was gonna invest money in teaching Mexicans on how to use a computer, and uh, that was a that was a good running gag while it lasted. But eventually, it made me sound a little racist against myself. <laughs> and I'll never forget they're talking about oh minorities and people of color don't have driver's licenses well guys i finally got mine because the last time someone asked me i didn't have it and it kind of looked bad <laughs> but yeah it's it's insane so i don't know i mean he's saying this about georgia 
because they tightened their voting laws. Now, Texas recently did the same thing, you know, and uh, well, oh, I take it back. I take it back. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Uh, I forgot all the Democrats walked out so they would not have to make that vote. But uh, with all luck, it'll be coming up in special legislation. Tune in to Lone Star News on Sunday if you want to hear about that, ladies and gentlemen. I can't guarantee that's what we'll be talking about. But uh, um, that is definitely always a topic of conversation. But he's he's coming after Georgia. And, and I think in all regards, this is also an effort to make sure uh, to say you better not you better not do any kind of forensic audit there in Georgia. Um, so this is this to me is just him putting the pressure on because he failed in Arizona for his masters. Right. He failed miserably in Arizona for his masters. So now he's got to make up some ground in Georgia. I'm surprised they didn't make this move earlier, right? But I mean, it's already, I mean, everyone already knows that it's bump, bunk, it's bunk, it's stupid. It's it's everything that they're fought, everything that they fought for to against these uh voter um uh integrity movements moves, everyone knows that they're ridiculous. Like everyone knows you can get a driver's license or ident or ID. You know, we don't we don't need any of that stuff going on. But uh, that is just to say, ladies and gentlemen, the federal government is going to try and get involved in any way that they can. And uh, they failed in Arizona. So why not go for Georgia next? But um, I think it's going to come to a head, ladies and gentlemen. I think that they might see in Georgia that there is uh, all their shenanigans are coming out. All their shenanigans are coming out and maybe they won't even need a forensic audit, especially when they see everything that Raffensperger's done. I mean, the report that was released by, uh, you know, Ryan Germany and Raffensperger's office from that Carter Jones, that alone is damning enough um, uh, on top of the affidavits. And now what's coming out and what we just covered with Susie Boyles and uh, Francis uh, um, Warren there, uh, Watson, I apologize. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was looking for that special guest tonight. Uh, but, um, well, to be quite frank, it might be past his bedtime. So uh, I'm not going to tell you who it was, though. Too bad. So sad, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, okay, so let's do a quick uh, housekeeping for tonight before I sign off with you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I had a great time with you all. Let's see here what we got. Uh, I think I got all the gold pills. Uh, Empress Beach to you. Thank you for the cookie. Uh, Napkinator 79. Thank you for the shades, my friend. Um, Ohio Kin, Ohio Kin me, maybe it was. Uh, thank you for the cookie. Empress, uh, thank you for the 40k golden pills. I appreciate you so much. Just V giving up a can. Thank you so much for the can donation. This is just V. Uh, oh, two cans for Miss Just V and Henry 4570 also gifting a can. Uh, and Blonde Blue Lady Q staying cool with the shades. Um, I appreciate uh, the gold pill. Oh, my goodness, Henry. Henry, you shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> Thank you again for the donating the gold pills. Uh, I do appreciate you guys very much. Uh, and uh, it's always fun being on the air with you. Yes, it is time to. Hey, classical chick. How's it going, sweetie? Uh, it is time to go to sleep, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's, it's past all of our bedtimes. I mean, not near enough for me to turn into a pumpkin just yet. Uh, okay, but don't forget, guys. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. 
we will be on at 3 p.m. Texas time. Okay, so um, if if it's out of your time frame to watch me, I do apologize. Um, but I will be on at 7 p.m. with Loyal to the Foil on the Foxhole app. Now, she's on other things, too. I think she's also on. I don't know if she's on Twitch. I think she's on. Oh, she's on DLive and stuff like that. So you guys, you guys all know Loyal to the Foil. And I'm pretty sure I'm looking forward to go full woo tomorrow. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I mean, we've talked a little bit about uh, uh, our rendezvous, but not too much. But I'm looking forward to it. So at 3 p.m. tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, I will actually be doing a kind of a special report. Um, we'll be talking about uh, General Lloyd Austin III, the third, uh, the the uh, military industrial complex swamp creature who is currently uh all good it's it's cool man it's cool if he makes our military woke right well i mean he's not the one per se who's making a military woke but he's definitely uh he's definitely enforcing it okay so we're going to talk about general lloyd austin a bit tomorrow we're going to talk about uh a little bit of his past a little bit of his present and maybe a little bit of his future uh, and if, and if we have some time, I'll throw in some Millie in there. General Millie. I can't stand that guy. I mean, guys, that's what we're talking about. We, you know, we and Trump were able to drain that swamp pretty deep. Uh, and now we're at basically, you know, when, when you get to the bottom of the swamp and it's just like that, that thick, sticky, mucky residue that you have to like scrape off. That's where we're at right now. That's the military people, the people in the military who are part of the swamp industrial complex uh, to, to, to create a phrase uh, that needed to be cleaned out also before we could indeed move forward with our good old American values and constitutional life. Um, uh, because if we don't get that cleaned out, we're always going to have people in the military, in the armed services. And usually it's, it's, you know, it's the head officers. It's not, you know, it's not the servicemen on the ground uh, or in the air on the sea. You know, it is it is usually the, the chief officers in the military or whatever uh, area of the armed forces. They're the ones who are calling the shots um, and, and they are the ones who can often be bought out and corrupt. Um, so we'll look at that tomorrow. We'll be doing we will be talking about General Lloyd Austin tomorrow. So tune in for that if you are interested. Otherwise, make sure you catch the replay. 3 p.m. tomorrow with um, the C report, and we'll be on uh, with uh, Loyal to the Foil at 7 p.m. tomorrow. So, think it's going to be a fun day tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day. Uh, I just released the scratch off for you guys over at the Foxhole app. Thank you all for tuning in. And to my special guest, if you're out there or and if you catch us later, um, hey man. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night and uh, don't let the bed bugs bite. And if they do bite, bite them back, please. All right. Have a good night, y'all. This is Mr. C signing out.